Hey, this is Scott Walker back on our You Can't Recall Courage podcast. Boy, uh, we hope all of you listening are healthy and well. We're one day closer to the end of this war on the coronavirus. And uh, this week, I'm, uh, again, uh, really honored and blessed to have another one of our uh, up-and-coming members of Congress. Congressman Brian Stile is here, and uh, he is joining us uh, on this podcast from his home in Janesville, where you're practicing social distancing as well. Congressman, thanks for joining us. Scott, thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Well, and it's, uh, who would have thought, I mean, I remember a few years ago, you were in the private sector. Uh, I obviously thought highly of you, had pointed you to our, our Board of Regents. Uh, obviously, our friend, uh, former Speaker uh, Paul Ryan, uh, announces retirement. You get in the race, run a fabulous race. And uh, less than uh, two years ago, you were elected this is your first term, the second year of the term. Did you ever in your wildest imagination uh, ever even think of the possibility you'd be in Congress at a time like this? This is uh, pretty unprecedented times. It's hard for me to believe that uh, two years ago, uh, I was driving from my home here in Janesville to uh, Charter NEX in Milton. Uh, It was before uh, Paul ever announced he wasn't going to run for office. And uh, my life has uh, changed dramatically over the last two years. Uh, and there's been a bunch of uh, a number of big events uh, since I took office in uh, challenging times that we're facing right now. Uh, but that's uh, what we're asking people to do across the country is rise to the occasion. Uh, and we're uh, working hard here as we address some of these challenging issues. Well, exactly right. And in fact, I'm here in my uh, home office here in Wisconsin, and I'm looking one of the signs I, I have. I'm a big fan of, of uh, our 40th president, Ronald Reagan. And I have a replica of a sign that was on his desk in the Oval Office. It says, it can be done. And uh, I think you're right. You've got that right sense that uh, first and foremost, winning the war on the coronavirus, keeping as many of our fellow Americans uh, healthy and safe and well. And uh, at the same time, uh, preparing, looking ahead for what hopefully, uh, after we get past April 30th, will be an opportunity for us to transition back into the workforce to not only look out for the health of our fellow citizens, but to start working on the healthy American economy. And I know that's critically important to you, having worked in in uh, being involved in manufacturing in the past and having a lot of small businesses in your district. Uh, I know that was one of the key elements, uh, the Paycheck Protection and the help it provides for small businesses, uh, of why uh, you ultimately were supportive of uh, the emergency legislation went through despite some of the other challenges you noted there in the end, it was a big deal for small businesses and will continue to be. Absolutely. We need to make sure that we're protecting uh, workers who found themselves out of work through no fault of their own, make sure that they can cover their mortgage, cover their rent, pay their grocery bill. Uh, In the CARES Act, which went through, does just that. Uh, It's not a perfect bill by any means. Uh, But in that moment in the House, we had the opportunity for an up or down vote. I jumped in my car uh, in Janesville, drove out to Washington, D.C., spoke on the House floor, noted it's not a perfect bill. But in these challenging times, you can't let uh, the perfect always be the enemy of the good. And we needed to move forward to make sure we're getting help uh, to the people who need it most. When I know you're a fiscal conservative, I was always proud of you and the other regions uh, in the work you did, but particularly you pushing to continue to hold the line on tuition. I know you're doing the same now for the hardworking taxpayers, as you just mentioned, looking out uh, for the workers in the first district in Wisconsin and across the country. And, uh, you know, sometimes I 
of late, and you probably get this too. I, I hear from some of my friends who uh, who share our values, who share, share our, our, our libertarian, almost uh, conservative values about believing in the individual, not the government. And and they, they look at some of this, and I, I'm going to touch on a few specific things because you've taken a separate initiative to peel back on some of the more obnoxious things. But before I ask you about that, uh, really in total, though, uh, what you talked about, workers and small businesses, the lifeblood of the American economy, the lifeblood of America in general. And uh, I always tell folks, this is not like what happened in 2008, 2009, when, when the economy fell apart and certain industries were bailed out. Uh, this is, I think, as a former governor, it's more equates to when a tornado or a flood, obviously much bigger than that, but a tornado or a flood comes through a given uh, region and the government, particularly when the disaster is going on, shuts things down. They say for the safety of, of the people in that city or jurisdiction, we're going to close this part of town down until it's safe, until the waters reside or until the tornado damage is cleared out so people are safe. And after the fact, particularly for homeowners and small business owners, the government, federal, state, and local level provides some sense of relief, particularly to mitigate some of the damage that was done because of not only the disaster, but the actions of the government. And, and to me, what, what you all did in supporting the CARES Act seems to be parallel to that, that this, isn't, this is not about bailing an industry out. This is about, uh, rightfully so, uh, compensating the American people for the shutdown of the economy and particularly for small businesses to get back up and going again. It's a great analogy you give uh, other than, right, as you, as you note, right, that's a great localized example. Uh, this is as if our whole country has been hit uh, by a giant tornado and we're coming in and the government's asking people uh, to stay at home, to socially distance. Uh, and for many people, uh, that's, their, that's their paycheck. And so we need to, to step in to make sure that those people uh, are able to get by. And as we talk about small businesses, the real key here is that we can put enough duct tape uh, around this economy as we buy time, as we move through this, as we get our technology and our healthcare workers, the, the care that they need so they can take care of us. And then when we come out on the other side, what's so critical is that these small businesses get through so that our workers have jobs to go back to. The biggest fear is that if these j small businesses actually crumbled, that people on the other end of this wouldn't have jobs to go back to. And that's the real focus here is one, make sure that people have the resources they need to get through these challenging times. And then when we get back up and on our feet, these same workers have jobs to return to, uh, to continue to drive our economy forward, to ultimately get us back to where we were and beyond. Well, that's a great point. And one of the things I've suggested uh, to our friends in, in the White House, particularly the vice president, who I've worked with in the past when he was a fellow governor, is uh, we've got to be, you know, first and foremost, the one thing we can all do, uh, you even did it as you went out to vote. You, you, you drove your vehicle out there. You didn't fly a plane out there. You stayed away from folks. You abided by those rules. Certainly, Tonette and I and our family are doing that, too, because not only because it's the right thing to do to stay healthy and well, but also for those of us who care about the economy, the, the better we are at following the rules, the better we are at uh, limiting exposure to ourselves and to those that we we work with and live next to and care for, the more the sooner we can get back uh, to reopening the American economy. If if things if people don't do it well and it lingers past uh, the end of April, this is going to drag things out even more, and and that's a huge challenge. I know one of the other things I've talked to the folks in the White House about was uh, you know having a parallel track to the task force they've got, rightfully so, focused on on winning this war against the coronavirus. 
but I also think they've got to have a parallel track going on with uh, preparing to reenter. So we're not just waking up on May 1st and saying, hey, wait a minute, what, what are we going to do to get the economy going again? There's, to me, I think we've got to have a logical plan. I, I use the phrase extreme caution, where we, we start to prepare to reopen the economy. You know manufacturing well. To me, I think there's a lot of opportunities in manufacturing where you can still keep uh, break rooms, lunch rooms closed, monitor how people come <clears throat> in and out of the factories, make sure people aren't congregating in, in places like your best restrooms and that, but where uh, with the right precautions, uh, people working in manufacturing can start to get back to work. And there's got to be other logical ways along the way as well. It, absolutely. And that's really where the American system, uh, the American workforce is at its best. There's an entrepreneurial spirit in the United States that says, when presented with a challenge, we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to find creative approaches uh, to get across these obstacles. We don't kind of freeze up and think, if I can't do it the way I've always done it, I guess I can't do it at all. And that entrepreneurial spirit is being seen uh, day in and day out uh, with businesses across Wisconsin uh, who are stepping up to the plate to provide personal protective equipment for our nurses and doctors on the front lines. Businesses uh, that are stepping up and saying, how can I continue to operate in a safe and effective manner that protects my employees uh, and businesses are finding ways to do that. I've been on the phone uh, with carpenters uh, who are figuring out how they can operate and socially distance. Uh, and that continues down the path. And as we go forward, we're going to need to see more of that uh, relying on that entrepreneurial spirit in America. Well, that's a great point. In fact, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you a little bit more about one of those businesses that you personally got involved with. You didn't just highlight, you personally got involved with to help uh, really take that extra step to help the community and the folks in your district, as well as I, I want to talk a little bit about something you're doing uh, to push back on the money for the Kennedy Center. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Scott Walker, and you can't recall courage. Come back with us in just a moment with Congressman Brian Stout. Hey, it's Scott Walker <clears throat> here on You Can't Recall Courage. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Again, I hope you, your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors are all doing well. We're having a great discussion with Congressman Brian Stahl, who's from the 1st Congressional District, which is really goes from, from uh, Janesville on the west uh, along the Illinois state line, uh, the, the right side of the line, the Wisconsin side of the line, all the way to Lake Michigan, over to uh, Racine and Kenosha counties, as well as a little bit of Milwaukee County uh, in the southern half of Milwaukee County. And all through the area, I grew up in, in Walworth County and into Waukesha County as well. So we're, we're really honored to have you on today. You know, uh, you were just talking before we went to break about uh, the American spirit, people stepping up and businesses adapting and being innovative and finding new ways to, to look out for our neighbors. One of those companies, uh, Jockey International, uh, Deborah Waller was at the White House along with, I think, uh, our friend Mike Lindell got the most attention from my pillow uh, because how the, the left went after him. But the uh, uh, Deborah was there along with a number of other businesses. And it was really great. I, I just love the fact that this president and this vice president have realized you can't just do this with government. Uh, and it can't certainly just can't be the federal government, but state and local government. But particularly, this president has an instinct to highlight uh, and rely on uh, the American uh, free enterprise system. Uh, uh, businesses, big and small, like to step up and do things. And one of those I just alluded to is Jockey. And you really played a key role in that. You want to tell us a little bit about what they're doing, and we appreciate your uh, your leadership in helping engage them. 
Yeah, so as you know, Jockey headquartered in Kenosha, Wisconsin, a great company, a history going back a long time. In World War II, Jockey stepped up to the plate uh, to help produce um, uh, parachutes for our paratroopers uh, jumping uh, into the fields of France across Europe. Uh, and they were called to the plate again. And as this became obvious that we were short of personal protective equipment uh, across the United States. I began reaching out to companies in Southeast Wisconsin. We have just a terrific manufacturing base uh, all across the state of Wisconsin, in particular in the Southeast corner of the state. And one of the first companies to give me a call back was Jockey. And what we did is we connected them with the president's task force on coronavirus. Uh, we got expedited review uh, by FEMA for them. And what Jockey is able to do was to step up and produce gowns, medical equipment that nurses and doctors would wear uh, to protect them uh, from patients that they're serving. Uh, that was a great first step. And then I got a call back from Jockey that said they needed uh, one particular uh, plastic piece uh, to produce these gowns and it was a four week lead time. And they asked if I knew this Wisconsin company called Charter NEX located in Milton, Wisconsin. And I, and I laughed uh, because that was the company that I worked <laughs> for uh, when I ultimately uh, left uh, the private sector to run for office. So did I not only know them, I knew everyone <laughs> yeah. there. And so I, I jumped on the phone, uh, got a hold of the, uh, the team over at Charter NEX, notified them of the importance of this one particular order they took a four-week lead time. They worked overnight uh, on the third shift and produced this product by 7 a.m. the next morning. Uh, they air freighted it down, and they got themselves up and running. It's a great story of how you can expedite review, the importance of having a president in the White House that understands cutting red tape and unleashing uh, American capitalism, the spirit of business leaders here in Wisconsin, Deb Waller uh, at Jockey, uh, Kathy Bolhouse and others at Charter NEX, uh, and the workers willing to, to stay the night, work the night shift, and get this done in record time, all of that coming together so that Jockey could begin producing 30 to 50,000 gowns a week uh, to be distributed across Wisconsin and across the nation. Just a terrific story of the American spirit and what happens when you unleash uh, American capitalism against this invisible oh, it's virus. It's, that's one of the one silver lining. Well, there are many silver linings, but one of, I should say, the silver linings is to see people just step up and uh, and, and work around the clock. Uh, you mentioned it uh, with uh, Jockey and, and your old employer, but, you know, uh, in fact, I was just walking to one of your, your really long time ago employers, if I remember right, Print Corp, uh, and they're making new face uh, shields, not the face mask, but the the big shields they're converting over to. And I know another business outside of your district, but here in Wisconsin, Allen Edmonds uh, normally makes shoes, but they're now making uh, the cloth mask. So there's just uh, any number of great uh, American success stories that are really stepping up. What I love though about what you mentioned about Jockey is uh, back to World War II, they were helping people literally on the front lines in terms of the paratroopers. And now today, <clears throat> helping those medical professionals on the front line. What a great success story and, and hopefully one of the many silver linings, along with, I hope, is uh, people looking out for their not only their family and friends, but their neighbors and others in, in a way that maybe we took for granted in the past. You know, one of the things that I referenced before we went to the break, but I, I do want to hear a little bit more about a bill that I think is 
is not just important uh, for your district in Wisconsin, but I've been hearing people all across the nation this past week talking about it. And, and I think it's worthy of that because when the House originally uh, drafted language, it was much higher than this. It got whittled down a little bit, thankfully. But, but you know, originally they were talking about even more in terms of millions of dollars for things like the Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, but uh, I got to tell you, when I talked about this in the past and when I wrote about it and even uh, was uh, on Twitter and Facebook about it, that was one of the things that got the biggest reaction of people going, what does this have to do uh, with the war on the coronavirus? Uh, and, and yet Pelosi and others hung out for that. You've got a bill to do something about that. Congressman, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the, the, the CARES Act needs to be focused, and all of our relief efforts need to be focused on workers who find themselves on hard times so they can cover their grocery bills and pay their rent and pay their mortgage. And two, addressing the medical crisis, making sure that we're developing research for vaccines, that we're making sure nurses and doctors have the protective equipment they need. And that is the, the, the bulk of what was in the CARES Act. But any time in Washington, and this is what frustrates me and I think frustrates so many Americans about how Washington operates, is that once something like that starts moving, people try to sneak their pet project into the bill. And this bill came out is, you know, roughly 800 pages. And uh, I started scouring the bill looking for exactly that. Where did somebody try to sneak in a pet project and how do we get it out of here? Uh, we only in the House, we were not allowed any amendments on the bill. It was an up or down vote. Uh, but I had identified that there was a, a, a provision buried in this bill for $25 million for a theater in Washington, D.C. called the Kennedy Center. Has nothing to do with the coronavirus. And on Friday, after I had driven all the way out to Washington, D.C., I spoke on the House floor and I noted that this bill uh, does provide protection to workers. It provides protection to uh, our nurses and doctors. But it also has some flaws. And I pointed out very specifically on the House floor that Friday, the error in allowing this $25 million to be allocated for the Kennedy Center. And then the weekend, the, the week after, the Kennedy yeah. Center, after getting the $25 million that they should have never had in the first place, had the gall to lay off their employees uh, even after they had gotten the $25 million dollars. That was the bitter icing on the cake. And I found so appalling. And I think so many people did. It shouldn't have been in there in the first place. And then even after they get it, they hide behind the musicians to get it. And then they lay off the employees. So offensive. It should be taken back. And I'm going to keep well, I'm working good to for do you that. for doing that, because this is uh, this is you're exactly right. I don't care whether you're Democrat or Republican or somewhere in between. This is the kind of crap that people just bang their head against the wall and think, you know, in normal times, this would be crazy. But my goodness, at a time when we expect uh, those leaders that we have, regardless of party, to step up and respond to crisis, which by and large, as you rightly note, uh, the CARES Act overwhelmingly does that. So I, I think that's why you had such a, a broad base consensus of support for it. But to stuff in political uh, earmarks and, and uh, paybacks, just remarkably uh, frustrating. And I'm so thankful that, that you've stepped up and I wish you nothing but the best on that. You know, one of the other, the last thing I want to end, and you've been gracious to give us so much time today, but one of the other things, and it ties into what we were talking about, getting the economy going again. Uh, one of the things I do hope comes out of this as well is 
I've been talking uh, the last week with uh, one of your counterparts, one of our mutual friends uh, on the other side of the Capitol, uh, United States Senator Lindsey Graham. And uh, of course, when this was going being debated in the United States Senate, one of the things him and Senator Tim Scott and a few others raised, uh, which I thought was a legitimate concern, but but I didn't think it it, uh, it wasn't that wasn't the right place to to, to address it, and that is. Uh, the level of unemployment benefits. I actually think it's a good thing to get that money out right away. So I hope working with state and local governments, as well as the federal government, will do that to people who are unfortunately uh, have been affected by being laid off and are filing for unemployment. I think it was good to give that boost of, of money because, again, this just came out of the blue and people are hurting all across America. So I don't have a problem with the dollar amount. What I am concerned about that Senator Graham and Senator Scott and others talked about is once this economy, hopefully in less than a month, gets back up and going, uh, is the fact that we're going to need workers. We're going to need, you know, hopefully, it, it won't be immediately the same as it was before, but hopefully uh, we can aggressively get back to uh, the strong economy we saw just a few months ago. But to do that, we're going to need workers. And one of the concerns that uh, uh, Senator Graham and Senator Scott talked about is if someone's making more on unemployment than they were before, that provides a huge disincentive to work. One of the things uh, I'm hopeful to work with the two of them on and, and folks in the White House and others, your colleagues and your yourself in the House is, are there ways in conjunction with the states uh, that, you know, as we look to the next package of support, we could put in place some reforms uh, that uh, that allow people to go back to work and, and not immediately lose all their benefits. We did it in Wisconsin for certain areas that tie in the welfare because we found you know, particularly for single parents, often that was a barrier to go back to work. So we, we stopped what was called the benefits cliff where people made a certain amount or worked a certain amount of hours. Anything they did above and beyond that, they lost all their benefits. My view is let's let's phase it out. Let's 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 stretch this out. Let's not cut people off right away. We can do this and we're gonna need to do that to get the American economy back. So I'm hopeful that just as the private sector has been innovative uh, in, in some of the examples you gave in particular, uh, we can be innovative at all levels of government of saying, how can we reform things, make them work better, not just for the moment, but but for the long haul. And uh, I, I'm optimistic enough that I think uh, this can be a chance to fix some of the problems that we see in the federal, state, and local governments as well. Well, absolutely. The, these kinds of moments give you an opportunity uh, to look back and say, where are there areas that we can substantially improve on? Uh, and one of those is making sure that we can get folks uh, into the workforce uh, as we come out of this and people have a safe working environment to return to and that that it will return, uh, that we need to encourage people to step back into uh, the labor market and make sure uh, that we are getting our businesses up and running uh, to provide all of the things that we rely on every day, not just the food services and the medical facilities that are currently operating as essential businesses but to return to a spot where everyone's returning to work uh, and able to assist uh, the hard work that it's going to be to get our economy fully up and running again. Look forward We're to working excited about on that it. I project. Think there's some tremendous positive opportunities. Uh, I, I wanna thank you for being on today on our podcast. And if folks wanna learn more, whether it's about uh, your bill to, uh, to fix the problem with uh, the money for the Kennedy Center or any of the other ideas you're talking about, where's the best place uh, website wise we can send folks to if they'd like to learn more. 
yeah, the best spot to go is uh, to our, our, our find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Rep Brian Style, R-E-P Brian, B-R-Y-A-N Style, S-T-E-I-L. Uh, and you'll be able to follow all of our social media uh, as it relates to the bill uh, and the work That's we're great. doing out well, in Washington. I appreciate you joining us this week and to all of you tuning in. Uh, I hope particularly this week as uh, uh, this Holy Week, many of you might be celebrating uh, the Passover uh, which started o- earlier this week. And as we think about that, for those of us, even as Christians, uh, thinking about uh, the Old Testament and, and how that really led up to what we celebrate this coming Sunday, and that being uh, the, the the highlight of the Holy Week and really of the year, that being the celebration of not only the death on Good Friday, but the, uh, the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, to all of you who will be celebrating this Holy Week, we wish you nothing but the best. And everybody, just in general, no matter what your beliefs are, uh, we hope that uh, God will look out for you and your family and your loved ones. We're all in this together. We can get through this. Uh, we can make it out healthy and safe and well. Uh, and uh, But we've all got to do it together. And when we do, uh, we'll be in great shape. Uh, we've got a great American spirit. We've been through hard times before, and we've made it. We can do it again this time as well. Uh, until next week, when we join with you again, uh, this is Scott Walker, and you can't recall courage. Keep fighting for freedom. Thanks for joining us.